All right, welcome into the Idea Collision. My name is Andrew Green, the host of this podcast. We have been talking about, through a number of of these episodes, we've been talking about the emotional effects of a a lack of self worth um, and and where these come from. I, I want to see wh- and I want to explore a little bit more where these deficits of of emotion originate. Uh, and throughout this, we've talked about the previous generation, how that affects us, whether it be the values they've instilled in us, whether it's in a, in a strange way, our opposite reactions that, that we have to those previous generations and, and, and rebellion to them and what we don't like about them uh, and the the different rules that we make for ourselves based on those things. And we've talked about, very recently, we've talked about activity and productivity and and the kind of the the lag between these kind of the there's like a this disconnect in the feelings that that these really instill in us and we like to feel active but but when we see that we're not really being productive this is going to create kind of like a negative um and so um there's a funny word that we have to talk about accomplishments we talk about it in terms of our career, and it kind of goes along with that idea that we, we talked about previously, uh, this word is business. Now, I say well, we use this word so often, we don't really think about what this word means or implies. And the word is literally busyness, just, just the idea of being busy, being active, right? And, um, and, and so we use this word to summarize being accomplished and, and, and achieving something. Just merely the state of being business or busy makes us think, well, I'm I'm doing something. Uh, so to us, in in choosing this word, we see activity as a means of something worthwhile. I'm being worthwhile because I'm busy. Um, I guess that's because if I wasn't busy, I would be obviously as an inactive person, I would be doing nothing. I would be accomplishing nothing. Uh, and in Ecclesiastes one thirteen. There's this this statement that Solomon makes, and he says he's looking. And the whole book is based on his observations of humanity and 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 what people consider worthwhile. And he says, "I I looked at the unpleasant task that God has given man to be busy with." And true enough, life has a lot of things that you know, if we looked at it, really are futile tasks in the long run. But we have to do it in order to procure food and survive for another day. And, uh, and and we consume a lot of time in these things. And so they can seem like time wasters. Now, to be fair uh, to God, to be fair to God, we add a lot of lists, things to this list of time wasters that God never gave man to do. And so, so it's not fair to blame God for all of those things. Things that we call busyness, uh, and uh, I talked about speaking of lists. I, I talked about my spreadsheets, my love for lists, and my lists of lists. And uh, one of those spreadsheets that I have, I, I never had it previously. It was when I. It was a list that I. It became a part of my life when I became a homeowner in 2015 for the first time. And it was the list of projects. I, I bought a, a fixer-upper. And by a fixer-upper, my wife jokes that it would have been quicker if I would have torn it down and built it what I wanted. It might I might be done sooner. 
Uh, so <laughs> I still have items on that list. I had a list. My list went 2015, let's see, 2016, 2017, maybe outside shot 2018. We are way beyond 2018, and I still have items on that list. Now, there's not a lot of items on that list. Now, there's new items on that list that weren't there when we, we started because that's the nature of homes. But I have a list of things, and I have these categorized even. I love lists. I have them categorized into big projects, medium projects, little projects, and then quick projects. Uh, quick project is like uh, this outlet needs to be replaced or something like that. It's a 15-minute at tops thing that's including cleanup. Those are quick. Little projects, those are going to be, you know, if I had like a room of outlets. Okay, so I'm going to be in there an hour. Uh, you know, things like that. I have I have some of those projects to do. Hour, two hours. Okay, that's a little thing. I, sh I should be able to knock that off and feel good. Medium projects, we're going to be at it a couple of days. I, I need to... Uh, I need to do the trim in my house. That's that's a medium project. I have a big project. I have a couple of them left. I have to dig a fence post and uh, keep my dog out of the neighbor's yard and stuff like that. That's partially done, and we need to get back to it. And I have a shed I'd like to build, and that's not going to happen this year. I already know that that's off the table. So we're going to yet have another year of projects. All right, those are big ones. I know that those are going to be those are going to be back breaking stuff. And all right, okay. So so these are these are this this is my busyness. Uh, I, I knocked off some of these this week. Um, some of it I do every year, getting my deck ready to so that I can go out and enjoy coffee. And I I, I improve it a little bit. So I I put up uh, I put up string lights this year, different ones. I had different ones last year, and these ones are a little bit better. And well, that needed the cable to run on, you know, so that it supports the weight. And then I needed I wanted a tarp. And then I, this year I wanted like a little more deck privacy, so I put up a little privacy thing and some I would like some mosquito netting and and all told so so that I can sit there and enjoy coffee on my deck I I probably spent about 3 or 4 hours just of time assembling this and getting it all up right the cables had to be assembled and everything else and uh well that that's just the actual labor time now I spent 7 hours of work my normal job earning money to buy the stuff so that I can sit and enjoy coffee on my deck. Right, so, so there's a lot of things that God... Now, God never said, Andrew, you, you need to enjoy coffee on your deck. Uh, so, so I, you know, Ecclesiastes 1.13, I'm, I'm not going to blame God for that. That's, that's, I put that on the list. Uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. There are some good things that will come out of that. Uh, we like to spend some family time on the deck uh, at night reading a book, or doing things together. So there will be memories uh, that come out of that, and relaxation is a good thing just to have as a part of your life. So so in the in the long run, maybe it will be worth the total of 10 hours that I invested in that. Well, um, you know, I that, that's just an example of the busyness we do. That's just one project. We, we do a lot of things. We have a lot of projects and busyness that probably is actually less. There's things that I do that are less valuable than than even that, and that's questionable in terms of its long-term value. Uh, and so, um, 
But to us, at least there's a connect. You know, at least I have a connection. That's something I'm doing, and that has my children in, involved in it. But when we think of busyness, and uh, one of the things that I, I've looked at, and this just it boggles my mind. Uh, and and there's two different categories of people in this, um, and, and it has to do with leaving your your wealth to children. Now, there are some people that have taken this oath. I forget what the name of this is, but it, it's the something or other oath. And it's it's these ultra-rich people that have decided not to leave their wealth to their kids. You know, maybe they've already set them up in business and they're like, okay, you're not going to fail. You're already rich. From that point on, you're going to have to figure it out yourself. And so I'm going to leave my money to some charity or whatever. Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett, some of these. Right? So... Uh, at least that's a noble ideal. Um, okay, so they have some noble thing that they want to do this to, and or, or because of, and not leave money. But there is there is a a stupidity. There's a level of stupidity uh, that is experienced by some people. I just don't. Comp- maybe maybe some of it's not their choice. I don't know. But to me, if you're if you're rich. You can purchase a family, right? You can you can essentially pick. There's someone that will go out with you and marry you and and have kids with you. That that you're rich. There's someone's going to sign up for that. And uh, but people who have chosen not to, to back it up, not just to not leave wealth to somebody, but to, to not have kids. Period. You know, Giorgio Armani, great suits perfume, whatever the thing, is, and no kids. And he's going to leave billions of dollars to I don't know who. Um, Carl Albrecht, who's you know, who's that? Well, so if you know Aldi's um, grocery store or Aldi grocery stores, uh, the it's owned by, I think, two brothers. One of them has no kids. Uh, Alice Walton, who is now the richest woman, I forget uh, which woman died and, and left her the, the richest living woman. But she is the, one of the bigger heirs of the um, Walmart fortune. Uh, actually, her nephew, I think nephew, is also single. But he's still, you know, he's still got time. Uh, Alice Walt, not so much. She's, she's not going to have kids. That that ship has sailed. And uh, and, and so, so these they're billionaires and with no, no hopes of leaving to any of it to anybody. And these are people that decided that their their business, their career was so it was so important for them to make suits that they didn't ever have a family. That was it's, it's to me it's astounding that that the things they they gave up. And I want to kind of explore this. So, you know, it was so important for them. You know, what do they what do they do instead? They buy art. Uh, they, they buy horses and they buy boats, yachts. Oh, they have big yachts. I have a big yacht. And and when you're done, you're going to re- be remembered for your yachts and your suits or whatever. You you know, um, they might do some philanthropy, but uh, th- you could have done that with a family. I, I just don't. Their their business was so important. They didn't have a family. It's this this value system that people have. Business was absolutely important. Being busy. Um. Now, one of the things that I notice is that, um, you know, w- when we talk about philanthropy and oh, we're going to be noticed for that. 
one of the things I've noticed in this group of people is that some of the some of them, not necessarily all of them, but a lot of the the businesses became big, um, like like the multi generational ones. Take Walmart for example. Walmart was started by a very religious man, um, Christian man by the name of uh, Sam Walton. So if you see Sam's Club, that's named after him as well. Uh, Sam Walton would roll over in his grave if he saw the things that were in a Walmart store today. Uh, These people didn't have family in their mind, so they don't have family values. Uh, And so like, I walked into a, a Walmart here a couple months ago, and I it just I wasn't looking for this particular thing. I just kind of happened to notice it was um, a, a a movie, Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, Fifty Shades of Grey is a essentially, from what I understand, it's basically pornography. Um, and uh, I don't care about the storyline. I don't know what it is. I just know it's it's not anything that a person should see. But what's the important thing? It was business. Someone made a business decision, uh, and that was that this is a popular thing with a certain category of people, and we're going to sell it. Uh, and and so, well, that was the, those were the children. But guess what? The children of Sam Walton are not very religious at all. And so, because they're not very religious, they don't have any importance of family. Money is what their God is. That's important to them. So, uh a lot of these are, are we see a direct societal problem in people who have valued money and business over deeper spiritual things. Uh, some things are disastrous, though we might not connect it to a disaster right away. They're not like that. They're not overt. Uh, in 2018, I was coaching uh, gymnastics at the Y. I don't coach anymore. Uh, we hit COVID and that changed things quite a bit. My son, uh, my second son was uh, in basketball, uh, also at the Y. And I noticed something in our classes, even before COVID, and uh, and it's carried through and it's kind of followed him. And uh, it was in basketball, it was in gymnastics. And we noticed that in that age group, my that son um, was born in 2009. And so just after the tech bubble and all the housing stuff that went on right around 2007, 2008. So he was born right after that. In that time frame, right, uh, gymnastics classes and uh, and basketball, we had to cut the, the programs uh, at the Y like almost in half because there weren't kids. In other words, people decided we don't have money. We're not having kids. Uh, and so I thought this would be a blip, you know, and maybe it was very, very temporarily. But this has actually become a trend. Uh, now population is down uh, significantly so that in many places the the trend is down overall. And this is actually a, a big problem in the world. And that we're, we're figuring out that this is a problem in the world. Uh, having listened to some of these people who are like, oh, we need to depopulate the earth, and we're, we're now figuring out this is going to make problems for generations, and I'll explain why. Uh, but, um, you know, there's uh, 
there was a goal and a, an urgent priority, and that was money. And and children were going to, um, to you know. And I suppose in a short term thing like that, you say, you know what, we can't afford. That. Okay, fine. But this became a trend, and, and millennials uh, barely replaced themselves. Millennials, like it was like right even. Now I remember. You remember the joke maybe depending on how you you know so in the 80s we had the joke you know uh the average family had 2.7 kids in a station wagon and we 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 always wondered you know that 0.7 kid that must have been a hard kid you know only have you know not even a whole kid but you have to replace yourself here's a family you you a family to produce something it requires two people uh so far as i understand genetics and so you have to have two people to just to replace yourself. You have to have two kids come from that just to replace yourself on average. So so we were, as Gen Xers, we were replacing ourselves in a little bit. But now, so, so the millennials just barely replaced themselves, maybe 2, 2.1, 1.9, something like that per family. But Gen Z... Later, millennials and Gen Z are not even doing that. Over the last five to six years, uh, the the average family is now having and is quitting after 1.7. And in some countries, it's really low. Uh, so uh, some, it's like South Korea, I think it's 0.9 children uh, per, you know, per family. It's like half. Oh, that's going to be unsustainable. South Korea is going to have so many problems in 20 years, uh, unless that's a short trend. So uh, so they, for whatever reason, and then there's different reasons, and this is this is a problem, is, is in the reasoning. And I want to get into that in just a second. Um, but our overall world is declining, and this is the problem uh, that, you know— we're going to have people that, you know, they're they're retiring. Baby boomers are hitting retirement. There's not people to support them and their retirement. And they're a big generation. And so all of this weight, they're, they're not making money. You know, they're on fixed incomes and various things. Who's paying for that fixed income? Well, a smaller and smaller number of people are going to be paying for that. So so eventually they're going to find that their 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 income is going to be cut. Is, that's almost certainly what's going to happen. Otherwise, we're going to go into a Great Depression. These things are inevitable. So because baby boomers and, and Gen Xers were so— Gen Xers are right behind them. Because we, we were so focused on business, we are going to reap the benefit of that, of those priorities that we instilled in those kids and others, other values as well. So uh, the, the the financial concerns. Now, this is the the ironic thing about these the financial concern of everything is that you know, go back to the late 1800s when poverty or right now, people having 1.6 children per gener, per per their family have never been wealthier on average. Uh when you go back to the late 1800s and you see the poverty and, and through the great depression even, right? Uh, we have the baby boom generation and various things like that. That, that that's this very poor generation, where, where we're having a, a large 
number of kids. We're, the 1800s, typically there were like seven or eight kids in a family, in, a, in an impoverished family. They found a way. In other words, family was a priority to them. Kids were important to them. They saw the value in these relationships, but people don't. There was a um, uh, kind of an informal survey questionnaire thing done. It was uh, at a community college in California, and it was only forty people they asked. So, and it was California. So, so it might I don't. It's not exactly a scientific survey, right? But it is indicative, I think. It does carry a lot of the responses were similar. So it's, it's probably fairly indicative of things. It was so it's just just Gen Z here. Just a couple of years ago, this like last year, year before. And uh and so this poll just asked, Are you gonna have kids? Do you want kids? You know, and if if not, why? And that was the, the questions. And only it was it was like Forty-two percent definitely wanted kids. Forty-seven percent didn't want kids at all. Not just like one, and and like ten percent were like we don't know yet. And it, of the ones that did want kids, they didn't want a lot, but they they want they also wanted to wait a while. It was like like I want to wait till later in life. They didn't like yeah a couple of years. So so they're like looking at their thirties, maybe having a kid, maybe a kid, maybe two, like. And and so so then the the question turned. That's already a problem, right? Because that's showing a trend. That, that's unless they all change their mind. That's showing something that's going to happen down the road. So then the, it turns to why. Some people were like, you know, I don't like the world. Okay, again, this is maybe at least somewhat noble. I don't like the way things are going, and I don't want our kids to have to suffer in this. Okay, that's at least somewhat visionary. But that was the most noble of them all. Uh, quite a few listed climate change, um, and we, we we go back to fear in this generation uh, that they're instilled with. In fact, one of the respondents was actually going to like she the the climate was so bad, she was going to actually have her tubes removed, not tied, so that it would be a reversible decision. Like removed, like we're bringing like significant surgery into this this fear. Um, and one quote was very, I thought, representative of this generation, of the younger generations. And it was, listen, when I make money, I want to spend it on myself. I want to be able to enjoy my money. I don't want to spend it on this kid. And and kids are expensive. So uh, others were typical, you know, I don't like the way it's going to affect my body. Um, so So much for maternal instinct. Uh, I don't like diapers and messes that they make and, you know, having to do all that. So so these it was all over the range. But but uh, most of it was really surrounded either their fear or their importance of business and, and making money. Uh, and, and so they, they didn't see the relationships and the memories that, that kids bring. They, they see kids as obstacles to enjoyment of life. And, and, and they don't you know they they can't look past the diapers and see a, a lifelong relationship and and the temptation is for us to go man you stupid millennials you you stupid gen z that that's the temptation and that's not what this is about 
because it's not really their fault. And I, I want to emphasize this when I say these things. It's not their fault. Who is it who has scared them to death about the environment? They didn't. They're just kids in class listening to baby boomers and Gen Xers who are their teachers and professors. Right? We've done this job. We're going to reap the benefits. We're going to be the ones retiring and not having someone to support us. And we're going to go, why is the, the, these people didn't have kids? Because they're scared to death that the world is going to end because, you know, and the seas are going to rise and swallow us up. And who convinced them of this? We did. Uh, who was it who de-emphasized the importance of maintaining a family? Well, it was baby boomers primarily. Uh, who who wanted the free love and that whole nonsense in the '60s, and and it was it was that that generation that demanded and was provided with no you know no fault divorce and let's just have rampant divorce in the late '70s and '80s, early '80s, right? That was the baby boomers that did that. Uh, I was still in elementary school, so. Wasn't my fault. I was a Gen Xer. What what did I do? I'm a Gen Xer. What did I do? I I sh- I was a part of the generation that grew up with this importance of being entrepreneurial. That's what I I my generation was. We were the generation that gave the world yuppies, young urban professionals, entrepreneurs, and um and let's amass wealth. We'll get to that next next week. Um, that's funny. And so they're carrying that value. Got to have success. Got to have busyness. And that's more important than family. Gen Xers taught millennials and Gen Z that. That's our value. This is our problem, and we're going to reap the benefit. Um, so if you want to see benefits, right, we've got to start doing things that promote relationship. We've got to encourage relationship. It, uh, you know, we seek what we see prioritized in other people. So, you know, for those of us who still have, you know, I'm a Gen X, I'm mid to late Gen X. So I still have family at home. It's important that people see that I prioritize family and and the and talk about the the memories. You start talking about it, and people go, wow, that I, I am missing that. That is seem like something. Maybe that is worth a dirty diaper. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and as people start to see things that are valuable, they might want to exemplify that, and that's how we can turn a generation around it before it's too late, before we have severe repercussions from this down, down the road. And that's a part of your thing that you can accomplish even if if your kids are older you like how you deal with grandkids and stuff and the excitement of grandkids That's, I heard someone's you know, I, I wish I could have skipped kids and gone straight to grandkids it's like I, I I thought of grandkids as being old that's a part of my value oh my goodness grandkids now I'm old and and to listen to people like oh I can't wait to be grandparents it's like oh it's so it's like well I guess so yeah I guess I, I can be excited about that next phase, you know, as my oldest is in college, and it's a little bit of ways away. 
show them that the resulting family is more important than the process is the other thing, right? They, they, they love the process of having kids at the most, you know, the physical fun of it all, but they don't want the commitment. They don't want actual kids, right? Get married, have kids, provide stability. If they see that and how it works, right? A lot of what they've seen has been the the methodology of the baby boomers and, and Gen Xers who, who didn't really do things in the right order. And so they see family dysfunction. Well, they want no part of it. If we do things the right way, they might want a part of it. So stay together. That's another thing. Stay together. And people go, wow, it's possible. It's possible to succeed and, and have these relationships instead of having to have 75 Christmases with eight pairs of in-laws. Hey, create family traditions. That's another thing. Okay, so we're together. What now? We're all on our devices at home. Why don't you get off the devices and create create family traditions, like eating meals together. These are easy things to do. Eat your meals together. Limit your screen time. Uh, read together. Do do something together. Whatever it is, do family traditions that that create bonds and create memories. We talked about creating memories. It's important that that begins at a family level. Uh, enjoy community. That's another thing. So so we we move out of the family unit and we enjoy community. Whether that be you know benevolence and and doing things outside. That's that's an important thing. The best community that I've ever seen is church community. And we have an absence of that, and it's an increasing absence uh, in in church community in our country. It, it's not a priority. But, but when they have that, they have this surrounding system that's good for emotional health and spiritual health and ultimately mental health. Model your life after those who have had good experiences. Look at the people who've had good experiences. Don't look at the worst of society. We look at the worst of society and say, oh, these these people screw things up. I don't want to be like them. Okay. And so we throw everything away. But why not look at the best of society and say, you know what? These people actually made it work. What did they do? And and how can I model that? Uh, so, so try to encourage looking at the the best that society has to offer, not not avoiding the worst. Um, and, and we can have a society that moves forward in a, in a correct way and, and will be there for the next generation and two. So we, don't, so we don't have to do this introspective in another 50 or 60 years. My grandkids have to look back and say, well, what were my, my parents thinking? You know, because one generation affects the other. The things that we are prioritizing right now it is just like we go back to that first thing where the where the where the world war 1 generation was doing things we're going to affect things five generations from now so let's start emphasizing the right things go out there and begin today do something i know it's just one you're just one person you're just one family do things the right way and one person might see it and they might have one person see them and, it, and that's how a generation changes all right have a good day and we'll see you next week.